can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I've got this like secret ISO shame. As you know, I'm, I've been ordering my meals online and I've been getting these plant-based vegan healthy meals delivered. Yeah. And then what happens is curfew kicks in at eight. And so I can't walk down to like the petrol station or the 7-Eleven to get like a snack. Yeah. I end up ordering McDonald's pretty much every single night at around midnight. Is it because you're hungry? Because you haven't had enough to eat? I'm just, I'm craving Maccas. Yeah. I feel a monster has taken over my body <laughs> and... I have no judgment for you getting late night Maccas. I don't even eat Maccas. But anyway, so I order a large Fanta. I order the cheeseburger shaker fries and then I dip the shaker fries in Big Mac special sauce. And then I also get a gravy fries and I eat the whole thing in bed. See, I'm interested that you don't get anything sweet because I'm sweet tooth at night. I couldn't eat savory food that late, I don't think. I'm just, oh, the Fanta. The Fanta gives me my sugar rush. But what was really interesting, I posted it to stories and what was the best thing about doing that was that we're all doing the same thing yeah like it's not just me that's why I don't think you need to have any shame about it honestly we're living through a pandemic eat as much macas as you want so someone eats a block of Cadbury chocolate every Mm -hmm. night sounds like me was that me Someone wakes up in the night and eats chips, chalky cookie dough ice cream. Mm. Someone Uber eats a cup of steamed rice so that they don't have to put a bra on to go to the store next door. (laughs) That was probably one of my (laughs) favourites. And then I loved, this is my favourite, I I couldn't fit this into the chat box. My housemates and I have developed a Krispy Kreme obsession during ISO. Oh, I love Krispy Kreme. (laughs) So much so we've ranked 7-Elevens on freshness, reliability and taste. We call the top three the Golden Triangle, which is the trio (laughs) of 7-Elevens on Malvern Road, (laughs) Chapel and High Street. Very reliable, (laughs) often fresh, always tasty. How (laughs) 2020 is that? I just think life is too short to feel guilty about eating food that you want to eat. It's not about the food. I'm spending $20 every night. Oh, who gives a sh**? You haven't been out in six months. (laughs) But I'm already paying like a premium for delivered fresh meals. Plus on top of that, I'm spending like $100 a week on Maccas. I must say it does kind of defeat the purpose of your Solara meals. I will give you that. It does. Yeah, it does. But I've cancelled them as of like, okay, yeah. I'm getting one more. I'm getting one more delivery. The other option is I go up to the supermarket and I buy some frozen hash browns and I just keep them in yeah. the freezer when I'm desperate. Yeah, good idea. Those ones are probably a little bit healthier as well, maybe. I've been doing HelloFresh and oh. yeah, I love that. I love HelloFresh. You should try HelloFresh actually. I don't want to cook. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There goes that. All right. Anyway, um, what is on today's episode, Hannah? On today's episode, uh, our cringy combo, we are doing a little tried and tested of a mask where... Um, it goes on your vagina. Yeah, it goes on your vagina. We're speaking to Dr. Michelle Squire on how to store your products and, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. We both did something this morning. Yes. Um, 
a little bit of self-care, I'd say. It falls under that category. Um, you've just told me that you've got your used mask there. Yeah. I think I'll just show what it looks like. I don't I don't need to see it. <laughs> Actually, yes, visually we need to show what it looks like because I didn't know how to put it on. It looks like a nappy. <laughs> it does, yeah. It does. So we both tried a vagina mask. So the reason that this has come about is because a new brand launched, not with Adore Beauty, just in general. And I got sent two masks. Yep. And I messaged you, Hannah, and I said, hey, I've got a vagina mask. Do you want to try one? And you said, of course. Of course. (laughs) So I sent one to you. Right up my alley. And we've both tried it this morning. So we're going to be doing our first impressions. It's like a sheet mask for your vagina. But to be totally honest Mm. with you, maybe I didn't use it properly. I was like, sorry, this is a a stomach mask. Yeah, it's it's huge. (laughs) I was like, do these people know how big a vagina is? I don't know. It's like it's a stomach mask with like a little bit extra yes. for your vagina. That's how I felt. Yes, totally. Yeah, it seems too big for just a vagina. Yeah, I agree with mm. that. And then I – so I guess what had happened was we got – you sent it to me and then I went and listened to that episode of Shameless. Yes. They chatted about vagina masks. Were they, were they talking about the same mask that we same used? Same mask, same mask. Okay, I think interesting. They, yep. they got sent a press release. And mm-hmm. so I really agreed with their – I don't know, like it's like a vag- – I think it's okay to use something like this. It's expensive, so I don't know how much you want to spend on something like this. But if you've had like laser – hair removal, but I would just use my laser aid to be totally honest with you. It's really similar to using laser aid. Well, that's the thing is that this is designed to be used after hair removal. I looked at the ingredients. It has like willow bark extract, um, pineapple fruit extract, which is like a gentle AHA. It's got aloe vera. So I think it's meant to be like a soothing thing. But for me, I was just like, I could understand if this was in like a gel or a serum texture for like post hair removal treatment or soothing of the skin. But a sheet mask. I know. (laughs) Is it just trying to be different? I think that that what Shameless had said was... Yeah, what was their opinion on it? Well, because there was a lot of stuff around, I think, in the press release that they got, there was maybe, yes, soothing and hair removal, but also Mm -hmm. anti-aging, which I think... Oh, my God. It's like you've never... Like, their issue, I think, with it was that, well, we've never thought about that before. I was really reminded of that FemFresh episode we did because you were like... It makes women feel like there's something wrong when there's not. Yeah. And I do want to remind everybody, your vagina is normal. It shouldn't smell like strawberries. It should smell like a vagina. That's what it is. It's a vagina. So let's not try and sugarcoat it. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is what a lot of these products do. I don't mind. You know how you spoke about that Lady Sweet brand the other week and you tried like their oil and stuff? Like don't mind that stuff because it's not actually going on your vagina. It's like going on your pubic area where you've maybe had laser or you've had waxing or whatever. Or you've shaved that area pre-laser and you're getting, yeah. And you don't want ingrowns and stuff like that. Fair enough. But when it's trying to like I don't know. It's almost like glamorizing vaginas. I don't know. I've got a bit of a weird feeling about it. Yeah. I'm like the anti-aging aspect. I'm like, nah, my vagina's not yeah, no. like, I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> thinking about that. Like, no, no. Yeah. I'll worry about my face. Um, my vagina <laughs> is not as much of a concern. Uh, okay. Can I be honest with you? I was like, put it on and mm. I was like sitting down in my bathroom after the shower. I was like, this is freaking cold. I was like, oh, 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 my God. I thought the same thing. I put it on and I was like, oh, my God, it's freezing. It was like having an ice bath. Yes, that's what I felt like. 
I think overall, I don't think it's necessary. Look, the reason that we're talking about this as well is so that you guys don't have to try it. You don't have to go and spend the money on it. We're talking about it. We're trying it to tell you about it. And same goes for like V steaming and Yoni steaming. Which, oh my gosh. So V steaming is like where you sit over a bucket of like herbs. And the brand that I tried, and this was just like, just tried it for laughs, says that it can like, you know, um, cleanse you of past lovers and stuff like that. And I was oh like, my gosh. oh, I'm going to give this a crack. I need, some, I need some of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, That's what I thought. I was like, maybe I should give this to Hannah. Does it erase it from your memory? <laughs> I don't know if it's that powerful, but it came with like a bag of herbs and then a little like wooden seat that you put over a bucket and you put hot water in there and you soak all the herbs and stuff and then you sit on it. That reminds me of colonics in Thailand. Yes. (laughs) The wooden board. (laughs) Have you seen that photo of Chrissy Teigen doing it? Not a colonic, of a a vagina stain. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and I think Gwyneth Paltrow also does it as well, but Again, none of these vagina treatments are recommended by gynecologists, yes. like at all. Gynecologists are like, don't mess with it. Just let it do its thing. So for me, the message is don't mess with your vagina. I swear if I get a yeast infection from this sheet mask, I'm suing. Today's guest that's joining us has a very long resume. Dr. Michelle Squire is a PhD qualified scientist, a science educator, a former registered nurse, and also the founder of Curate, which is spelled QR8, which is a skincare consultancy platform. Welcome, Dr. Michelle Squire. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be chatting to you today. I'm really interested to discuss this topic because it's a little bit different to what we'd normally do. And today we're going to start off talking about product storage because you recently contributed to an article for our platform, Beauty IQ, and that was all around how to store beauty products correctly. So are most of us doing it wrong? Look, I think the answer to that is probably yes. You know, there's a convenience factor of having you know jumping out of the shower at night or in the morning when your kind of your face is damp that's usually the time to you know get going on your skincare and so most of us actually store our products on the bathroom shelf especially for people i think who've got who use multiple products and who kind of pick and choose on a kind of rotating basis as the you know mood strikes them or their skincare needs strike them often they have even kind of twirling devices with all of their skincare set up there. So I think the bathroom shelf is the obvious spot where most people store their products and it's probably it's probably the worst place you can actually store your products. Okay, great. <laughs> We've covered that off, so we're all doing it wrong. <laughs> where should you be storing your skincare? Like where, what are some other places? Are we going to get down into the science like right now? Are we getting into it? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. I think so, <laughs> definitely. Okay, all right, all right. So the problem with the bathroom shelf is that it's very exposed. So, so heat, humidity, light, both visible light, so sunlight and light from kind of heating lamps and your bathroom lighting, which tends to actually be in most houses some of the best light in the house. You've got some of the brightest light in the house in your bathroom. They're the big culprits here. What happens in in any product, there's lots of molecules that are kind of moving around randomly and banging against each other and undergoing reactions at the same time, both with each other and also with the kind of air and light and oxygen and things that, that they're exposed to. 
And that's normally okay. Normally, you know, well-packaged, well-preserved products, those kind of interactions, they just happen. And over a period of a very long time, your product will wear out or degrade. But when you actually speed that reaction up by speeding up the interactions of the molecules with something like heat, whether that's from sunlight or whether that's from artificial light or your heating lamp or the, the heat from your shower, you speed up the degradation reactions that are happening at a relatively low or slow pace. Just that alone, just that from just the heating alone can result in changes to the product. Exposure to light also um, contributes to, uh, to that process. And then humidity encourages humidity and heat together encourage the growth of kind of microbes so mold bacteria those kind of things and that's kind of that's all the reasons why heat humidity light all the things that you find in absolute abundance in a bathroom are the worst place that you could actually have your products i think i wrote in that article for anybody who's read it there's the issue of toilets so we're going to get into a into toilets. Yes, we love, love yes. toilet okay. chat. Yes, <laughs> we love toilets. Okay, we love toilet chat. Well, I know you girls like bum hair, so, you know, I figured toilets were not off limits. <laughs> so when you flush the toilet and leave the lid up, you produce this kind of big plume of bacteria, microbes, into the air. You know, if you've been in a hurry to get ready for work one morning and you've got all your kind of cosmetics open, you know, your powders and stuff, and you've had a bit of a zhuzh, zhuzh, and you happen to be the kind of person that has a toilet in their bathroom and the kind of person that flushes the toilet without putting the lid down, you're in danger of actually ending up with fecal microbes <laughs> on your cosmetics. Oh, no. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. oh my God. What, this is a game-changing conversation. I love that. <laughs> it's really important information. Yeah. So, so I think the two things there are, first of all, don't leave lids off things because enhanced exposure to oxygen and light, if you, especially if you've got a jar product with an open lid and a big surface area, that will contribute to the breakdown of the product. But also you leave your product sitting there for all these little microbes to land on it and then you apply those to your face. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that people put on their face in the interests of anti-aging in particular, but I feel like poo particles is not one of those <laughs> no. things that yet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting a sense that I may need a beauty fridge in my bathroom. You know, look, so there's, there's a few ways you can go here. So if you want absolute ultimate convenience... I think a beauty fridge is not a bad idea. If you if you insist on keeping your toilet seat up, no. If you insist on <laughs> keeping things on your bathroom shelf, then a beauty fridge is probably not a bad way to go. Especially if you live in the okay. in the parts of Australia that get really really cold or really really hot. So I think if you just want to keep things at you know a nice even temperature and you still want that convenience, you don't want to have to be running yeah. downstairs or running to another part of the house to get stuff out of the fridge, then certainly. Um, a beauty fridge is a great idea. Very interesting. And <laughs> I always think about this. So sometimes I get like I've got some new products and I don't want to open them because I'm like once I open them, I've got like, you know, 12 months or, or whatever. So I've got two questions. The first is can I keep unopened skincare indefinitely or does skincare go off regardless if you open it or not? Look, skincare goes off for a whole range of reasons. There's the packaging, whether it's airless or whether it's transparent or whether it's opaque. 
where you're keeping the unopened product as well, so where it's stored. So that in mind, most unopened products, if you store them kind of out of a hot bathroom, you know, if you keep them in a kind of coolish, darkish spot, they should last three years unopened. Great. Well, that's good to know. That's really good to know. So a lot of our products will also have expiry dates on them and also the period after opening date, which is the little kind of jar with the open lid symbol, and that tells you how long you've got after you've opened it, before you should toss it out. And that's different Mm. for different formulations, packaging, preservatives, whatever. A lot of people don't know that little tip. A lot of people don't know that. You you check the bottom or the side of the product and it's got that little... 12m or 6m yeah 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 and and so the expiry date can is often different to that it will say best before or expire or use by or one of those types of things and that's usually printed somewhere and does that mean because i always wonder this i'm like particularly say my vitamin c which i know is not the most stable ingredient like would i know if something's gone off or would it just not be working yeah look it's very hard you know the, the nature of skincare is despite all of the best marketing Usually you have to apply something to your face for a long period of time before it actually, you actually see results. So it's difficult to know whether something's working or not working overnight. So that's probably not a good way of telling. The, the changes you look for are things you use your senses. So that could be a change in colour, a change in texture, separation, something smells rancid. And obviously if you put something on your face, all things being equal, you haven't, you know, suddenly randomly decided to exfoliate for seven nights in a row and you put something on your face and it stings, that could be a change too. That could be something to be aware of as well. So if you suddenly put something on and it stings, especially if it's combined with any of those other sensory changes, then that's a good sign that you're in trouble. If in doubt, toss. When you said um, it starts to smell rancid, I was thinking, I don't know if you've used SkinCeutical CE Ferulic, but it smells like deli meat. Yes, hot dog water. <laughs> yeah, hot dog water. Yeah. It does smell like hot dog water. How would I even know? That How it would you know? Maybe when, it, maybe when it stops smelling rancid, you throw that one out. Yeah, yeah. it starts to smell flowers or like, you know, florals. And <laughs> On the topic of things going off, Now, in a general sense, just including all cosmetics, we know from a previous episode that you're meant to chuck out your mascara every three months. Which other products are we hoarding for longer than we should? Like, is there a general expiry date for other things as well when you should throw them out? Because I know that I'm guilty of keeping makeup for too long. Yeah. I know that other people probably are as well. Skincare I'm a little bit better with, but... Is there an expiry to cosmetics in general? I think in general terms, we all keep cosmetics for way too long. And I think you can kind of Mm -hmm. be, you know, the three-year rule probably still applies if you were to ask a, you know, kind of regulation expert. The three-year rule is a good rule of thumb that if you've still got something after three years. I reckon I've kept a lipstick for 10 years and that smells rancid, I can tell you that much. I've got MAC lipsticks that I bought in Las Vegas, I think, eight years ago. So they need to go, but I just like having them there. <laughs> you need to speak to them and tell them how much joy they've brought you. Okay. And then toss those suckers. <laughs> yeah. So, so typically the kind of use by on a lipstick is 12 months. Okay. I've gone way over that, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, the, the really bright pink one that I wore when I was like 15. Yes. That's one that I have. Candy Yum Yum by Mac. <laughs> that's one of the ones I have from Vegas. <laughs> but I think the big thing that we all hoard, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, 
It's sunscreen. Mm, yes, good one. Yeah, we have sunscreen in our beach bag and in the glove box of the car and your handbag and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of use it for a season. That's not the way it should be because, you know, I'm a sunscreen Nazi. You should be using it all year round. But 100%. In reality, yeah. we use more sunscreen on our bodies, I guess, in summer. And then if you're going back to that kind of beach bag, glove box, whatever, the following summer and using that same sunscreen, that would be a no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sunscreen's typically six months maximum. So, And that's another good reason to use it liberally because you can't save it till the following mm. season. Get Just get into mm. it. Use it. You've been researching skincare for decades. What are the biggest changes to formulations you've noticed in the last 10 years and which up-and-coming ingredients are you most excited about? Oh, hell. Okay, so there's like a new <laughs> ingredient every day, right? So I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest... I don't get that excited about new ingredients. I get much more excited about old ingredients because they have the weight of scientific evidence behind them. So I'm really actually quite Mm -hmm. sceptical of new ingredients. And in all honesty, the speed with which new ingredients come to market, I I am a little sceptical about all the new ingredients that come out all the time. So there's that. Sorry to be a party pooper, Mm -hmm. but that's... (laughs) No, we appreciate the honesty. (laughs) That's me. You get the realness. I always err on the side of evidence and there's good quality evidence and then there's not so great quality evidence and then there's a body of evidence where you get lots of people who all get the same finding in different studies, different really well-constructed studies. So, you know, that's what I look for before I start recommending things. And obviously things like retinoic acid and tretinoin and, and those kind of things, they're unimpeachable. You know, like the body of evidence is Mm -hmm. decades and decades and decades old. It's been proven over and over and over. So, you know, like I'm, I've been killing dreams since 1969 in the new ingredients um, category. Well, what is the difference between cosmeceuticals and other categories of products, like things that you can get from the pharmacy or the supermarket? Okay. So this is a really good question. Like I'm a fan of cosmeceuticals. Okay. I'll get that out there. I'm a fan of cosmeceuticals, but I'm also a fan of pharmacy stuff as well and supermarket stuff Mm. because they do different things. Yes. We dabble too. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need to kind of get that kind of stuff in perspective, there's only two levels of regulation in Australia when it comes to these issues. So in Australia, you have cosmetics. So they're things that change the appearance of something or cleanse it or make it pretty or smell pretty. They're anything that you buy without a medical prescription Mm -hmm. or behind the counter at the pharmacy. A therapeutic good is something that actually changes the functions of the body. And that's it. They're the only two categories. So cosmeceuticals, they fall between the two categories. Some parts of that are because there are, you know, maybe our regulations are a little bit slow to catch up, but there should be a third category perhaps. Some of it though is just marketing. And actually what you've got is a cosmetic that's being marketed as a therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So it's really a case of buyer beware. Mm. Kind of back to that previous question about what I'm most excited about in terms of new formulations and stuff. The thing I'm most excited about is transparency, where consumers now Mm. feel very empowered. And I think a lot of that is to do Mm -hmm. with social media because, you know, companies connect directly with their consumers and consumers now feel like they can ask questions directly of a company and the company yeah. will answer them and they've got a right to do that. So I think there are some cosmeceuticals, and vitamin C is a really good example, uh, there are some cosmeceuticals that do have an effect but 
fall between the cracks, I guess. So yes, we, I think we agree and disagree. <laughs> you make a really good point around people feeling more empowered to shop their skincare. And I think learning more about ingredients is something that I really encourage people to do because I think that gives you the power to be able to mm. look at what's mm. in your products and go, actually, that is probably going to have a really good effect on my skin or really do something to my skin as opposed to not really doing much. But in terms of like the price difference as well, how can you justify that price difference between a cosmeceutical and something you can buy in the pharmacy? Well, I mean, typically cosmeceuticals will have a higher percentage of some kind of active ingredient and let's use the vitamin c example you know Mm -hmm. and and what you're paying for with a cosmeceutical version of something is the fact that you know hopefully you're paying for let's look at see for real for example the skinceuticals product you're paying for an enormous body of science that's gone into that Mm. and you're paying for the right active concentration the right type of vitamin c the right pH. So in saying that, though, there are certain product categories where price isn't necessarily a driver of whether something's better or worse. And cleansers and moisturizers are a really good example of that. So cleansers really only need to cleanse your skin and they're really not on your face for very long. So if you're paying a million bucks for, you know, some kind of cleanser that's meant to, I don't know, make you 10 years younger overnight, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. If you're paying that because you can afford to pay that and you like the way it feels on your skin and it takes all your makeup off and all of those kind of things, which is what a cleanser is meant to do, and it's and it's a textural preference for you. It's the, you know, it's your holy grail cleanser. Have at it, like go for your life. But if you're paying something, if you're paying for a cleanser that you think is going to do all that, is going to change your skin, it's not. It's become a very confusing world because... There's so many products, there's so many new products, science has become a big deal and everyone's trying to jump on that bandwagon and talk about the science of their products. Uh, you, you know, it's it's become very confusing for the average consumer, very, very yeah. confusing. Yeah, well, that's what brings us here, right? <laughs> that's why we do the podcast. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I found it a lot easier once I knew what the ingredients were and how they worked because I only started this journey kind of two years Mm -hmm. ago and especially on this podcast. But once I learned about the ingredients, then I felt like, okay, now I can start playing around with different products. And I really liked what you said about the cleanser thing because my sister will only use like the ASAP gentle cleanser because she likes the smell, the texture, it's gentle, and she's happy to pay a little bit more. Go for your life. But, yeah, yeah I, think that's, life. I think that was a really good point that you made there. And, mm. yeah, I'm like my moisturiser. I'm like I honestly don't really care what the moisturiser costs yeah. because. I think you make a good point on what you can save on and what you should spend exactly. on. Exactly. And the other thing to remember, though, just when you're researching ingredients, I see a lot of people who say, oh, I'm allergic to this, I'm allergic to that, I'm allergic to something else. There are very, very, very few products in the world that only contain a single ingredient. So keep in mind that just because that's the only ingredient you recognise on the label or on the ingredient list, it doesn't mean that you're not responding in either a positive or a negative way to something else. Mm. So, you know, I I see people say, oh, you know, like the whole hyaluronic acid thing. That's a whole other podcast. Yes, yes. I so (laughs) would love to get you back on to do that. Definitely. (laughs) As long as there's some poo chat in there at the same time, then... I'm down to have you, know, you back on. I can get poo chat into just about anything. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Michelle Squire. It's been great to chat to you today. Absolute pleasure. Look forward to next time. 
Actually, I think both of our products today are still on the lockdown bandwagon. It feels like we've just done full circle back to March because today we're talking about two products that are lockdown friendly for those of you who are in Melbourne, those of you outside of Melbourne, you could also use these, but you have access to professional services. So Hannah, what's yours? Well, mine's Linda's. Oh, yours is Linda's. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah. Linda's got a PWD KWN today. Please share. I've got nothing left, guys. You've run out. I've run out of product. Is this your last episode? Yeah, this is my last episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice knowing you. So my, well, Linda's is the L'Oreal Professional Hair Touch-Up in all well, these different colours, but she used brown. It's only $25. And if you are currently stuck in Melbourne, you know that hairdressers are no longer open. So if you are dealing with grey, roots that you actually can't go to the salon to get them dyed or you don't want to do it at home yourself. This one is a water and sweat resistant root touch-up sprays. And I actually filmed my mum as she tried it and she did get some on her new purple top. Oh dear. She probably should have had a covering over her. So I'd probably recommend doing it after the shower or something or like in like a robe or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I saw her put it on and it fully, she had like two inches of or like an inch of grey roots and it completely covered it. It's amazing isn't it? It was quite magical. Amazing. I loved that video that Eva Longoria did where she did her roots. It's like they disappear immediately. It's crazy. So my product today is actually a brow tinting product. At the start of isolation, I did a very brief brow tutorial on my Instagram with the Maybelline tattoo brow stuff. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the full name is, tattoo brow something. Anyway, that lasts a couple of days, but this product, which is called Bay Brow, is kind of similar. It's not a tint that you have to mix up. So if you ever used like the thousand hour one that you've got to mix and it's quite hard to apply, you're more likely to make mistakes around your brows. So this one comes in a little, almost looks like a mascara tube. You open it up, it's got a little doe foot on the end and it's got the tint in the tube. So you just literally use the end of the doe foot applicator to apply it to your brows. And I think it's meant to last about a week. Mm -hmm. On me, I used the dark brown. That was perfect for my eyebrows. I probably could go black if I wanted to because I could get away with being a little bit darker. They're looking really good. Thank you. There's also graphite, which is more of a um, ashy based like neutral color, which can be used on pretty much everyone. So if you were really blonde, you'd probably use graphite. But the dark brown, perfect for anyone with mid-brown hair, I would say. If you're like a darker brown, like I would probably say for you, Hannah, I would probably go black. Yeah. Because we've got about the same color eyebrows, I reckon. I mean, I quite liked the thousand hour. I did try it. Yeah. I like the idea of not having to mix it together because you know how clumsy I am. Exactly. It's just a bit messy and not, not having anything to apply it with either. I find that a lot of people don't have little tools around home to apply a brow tint with. So they're using like mm. a cotton tip and then that gets outside the edge edges and stains your skin. So I would recommend putting Vaseline around the shape of your eyebrow so that if any of the tint does get outside the border of your brow, that it doesn't stain your skin. But apart from that, really good product to maintain your brows, especially in lockdown if you can't go and get them done. Mm. But I would recommend shape your brows first how you want them and then do the tint over the top and then voila, you're done. Perfect brows. I'm a bit upset I didn't get sent one of those, to be totally honest with you. You're getting all the good products. Oh, it's really upsetting me. Excuse me. I sent you the vagina mask. <laughs> you did. You did. What I do want to finish this episode off on yeah. is I think in transparency, we get sent a lot of products from brands that we stock at a door yeah. and actually brands that we don't stock, like like Milky yeah. Foot. <laughs> like Milky Foot. <laughs> 
But what I do want to say, Joe, is that I did a I did a staff order. Oh. I wanted to talk about the actual products that I buy because I actually do buy yes. products. This is the incense Mason Balzac incense holder mm. and incense. I got a Lumira wick trimmer because I desperately, oh. I get black all over my fingers. Bougie, yeah. This is for my sister, the ASAP cleansing gel. Yep. I think she uses that because of me. <laughs> yes, she does. She can't use anything else. <laughs> I got two boxes of the Lanolips multi-purpose super balm and then I got a gift for someone, which was a glasshouse candle. So, yeah. So, I've got my staff order up. So, I'm ordering for my mum the Kiehl's Clearly Corrective Dark Spot Solution because mm-hmm. she ran out of it and she said that it really worked on her dark spots. The Model Rock Lash Curler because my lash curler is literally 15 years old and it's trash and I wanted a new one. And then Virtue Recovery Shampoo and Conditioner because I am oh. loving them at the moment and I go through it really quickly. The Beauty Chef Glow Powder because my dad is using it every day as well. And so, we go through that really quickly. And then... Because I'm obsessed with nail art at the moment, the OPI Infinite Shine Alpine Snow, which Chelsea from Trophy Wife recommended as the best white that you can get. Awesome. Well. All right. Well, that's us. That is it. For this week. Um, Tune in for another episode where we're actually going to talk about all the products we purchase because... I actually do like that you did that disclaimer, Hannah, because we do get sent a lot of things, but also we wouldn't be able to do this podcast if we didn't get sent a lot of things so that we could talk I about them. I wouldn't be able to afford to do it. Exactly. We'd be broke. <laughs> Homeless. McDonald's is taking all my money, so I can't yeah, spend exactly. any more products. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.